the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and talk910.com. It's me, Rob Black. It's the Rob Black Show. It's Friday. Feels like a Friday to me. It feels actually pretty good, all things considered. Good week on Wall Street. We've, uh, you're saying good week on Wall Street. Well, we haven't really gone down and we haven't really gone up. We're doing something what's called consolidation. And it sets the stage for the next move. It's very normal. It's very healthy. The S&P 500, it's starting to trade in a more tighter range. It's telling you where it feels comfortable being until we get more information, either on the positive or on the negative. So that's what we're dealing with. Today, we're slightly up, up 24. We're having a great year so far on the Wall Street, on NASDAQ, on the Dow, on the S&P 500. It's a great year so far. We've had some huge, great stories this year, like Apple Computer, or Apple. Don't call me Apple Computer. Call me Apple. So we've got some good stories out there. Um, Greece, the country, not the musical with John Travolta, 1976, 1977, Olivia Newton-John. Man, did I have a crush on her. Hopeless, hopelessly devoted was I. Was I. Holy mackerel. That's that little bratty kid who, I don't know, I guess I wanted to... I guess I wanted to marry Louvin Newton-John as a kid. I don't know. Um, The accent. The accent, the blondness. I don't know. The good skin. What was it? Was it the ability to sing? I know that uh, I always wanted to marry someone that would. I could hear her sing in the kitchen. So maybe it was Olivia Newton-John was my hope. Anyway, um, really, really good things going on. It, it's It's not that bad. Now, it's going to get a little dull here. We're waiting for the next big thing. We're waiting for something spectacular, like new home sales jump from record lows. Blow past expectations. Now, again, I told you that the first half of this year is it's it's easy to blow past last year's numbers. Last year's numbers stank. So when you take a look at new home sales, they weren't that good compared to good years. But compared to last year's horrible year, they were pretty good. Does that mean like, oh, all aboard. It's the crazy train going for real estate. Woo, woo again we're not there we're definitely not there yet anyway i've got a good show planned for you today tons of content lots of financial information my pledge is to get you at least one or two three nuggets a day that you can walk away with and say i'm I'm smarter for listening to this show i'm going to be better with my money or i'll know about the next big technology before someone else does or i'll know i'll know something I promise you a giveaway. I promise you a takeaway. You listen, I'll give. So for instance, today, I've got a Facebook page called I Hate Rob Black. It's a group page. And I honestly get on it every two to three days. I'm not as dedicated as I should be. It's To me, it's kind of fun voyeurism. Like my show producer, Heidi, who if she wasn't married, she'd be like the most eligible bachelorette. And I'd be like, yay. I, I, I could spy on her life. So every now and then I, you know, she updates her page. I've got some friends from my past, like Ken Ray, who used to produce this radio show, who moved off to... Where did he move off to? 
Oh, Buffalo, New York. Who would move to Buffalo, New York? Buffalo, New York. Here's, here's a quick dumb fact for you on Buffalo. You can actually go to strip clubs in Buffalo where you can watch on giant TVs the football game and the stripper dances in front of this TV game. I know you're saying, Rob, that's a fascinating, fascinating factoid. They love football that much there. Why? Because there's nothing else to do in Buffalo. Anyway, it's just cold. Okay, so I've got a Facebook page. I use it a little bit. There's a thousand plus of you blackheads on the I Hate Rob Black group page. I use it a little bit to keep you up to date. You know, that little birthday party, I posted it there. Uh, I let you post questions there that sometimes I'll use on the radio show and sometimes I'll, I'll answer, you know, directly too. Um, Facebook, I, I really, I'm, I'm just not that social. I wish that I were. I wish that I enjoyed going out with friends. I don't really like going out. I have one good friend, maybe two good friends on this planet. And, you know, like even Heidi, she's sharing her husband like, hey, let's hang out. I'm like, no, you live too far away. No, we're kind of going in different social click. Like it, it's difficult for me to use Facebook to be friends with people. I, I keep up with my, my sister, my sister's kids, my brother David. He's on my Facebook page. You know, it's, it's nice to see because they're 3,000 plus miles away. But Facebook has got some sort of phenomenon going right now. And revenues are really soaring. And I know you're going to say, tell me about it. For instance, 400 million plus members, Farmville, Zynga, company named Zynga makes a game called Farmville. Do you know how much money they've made off this already? $450 million. This is the most basic, inane, silly game on the planet. I think if you play Farmville, you're mentally challenged. I, I think you're a person with a disability. I think there's something wrong with you. Like you have to collect fertilizer and you tell your friends, yeah, I got fertilizer. I'm going to have crops soon. You have to build a barn. Yeah, I built a barn. It's just, it's a name is what it is. So, but Zynga, $450 million in revenue off this one game. Stop and think for one moment here. One moment. What that means. It means Avatar. It means, I mean, not Avatar. Avatar, $2 billion you know, in revenue. But this is a summer blockbuster. $450 million. There's a game called Rock You. No, the company's called Rock You. And they've pulled in $100 million on a game called Zoo World. All of this on Facebook. Electronic Arts. They've pulled in $100 million, publicly traded company, ERTS, on a, company, on a game called Pet Society, a company called Crowdstar. They've got a game called Happy Aquarium, pulled in $100 million. Now, these are such easy applications. I hate to say it. There's engineers in, in the Silicon Valley that are listening to me right now that go, I could do that. I could program that. But you did it. $100 million for a company called Crowdstar that programmed Happy Aquarium. Playdom, this is another company, $100 million in revenue for Social City. A company called Slide, their big game is called Fun Space. That's pulled in $50 million. Now, think of $50 million as a Hollywood flop. Now, for instance, there will be a Hollywood flop this week. The new J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez movie, that's going to be a flop. Why? Because it's another movie about a pregnant 30-year-old woman and the, the hilarity ensues. Watch as she busts out a dress. Watch as she uh, looks in horror as a friend describes birth. We've seen it before. It should be a flop. Will it be a flop? I hope it's a flop. But here's the kicker. She'll make $10 million. Hollywood has these actors and actresses that make millions and millions and millions of dollars. 
How much do you think the people who uh, made Fun Space got paid? Or the people that made Happy Aquarium or Pet Society or Farmville? Video games are big, huge, huge business. Huge business. I cannot underscore how big a business it is. Huge. Because the employees don't make much money. They don't make anywhere near the revenue pool. Now, let's talk a little bit about the other side of this. I want you to look at entertainment as product. I want you to look at it as entertainment as a way of making some do-re-mi money. Last night, the National Football League's draft, they moved it to prime time. It had a 26% increase in television ratings for ESPN. It beat the NBA playoffs. This is stunning. Now, again, this is a product. ESPN is publicly owned by who? ABC. Now, ABC is publicly owned by who? Disney. So Disney owns Pixar. Disney owns Marvel Comics. Disney owns ESPN and ABC and Lost. That's their product. I think that makes sense to you now, right? So the opening round of the draft, and it's first showing at night after being held on Saturday afternoons for years and years and years and years. It was seen on Disney's network last night, um, ESPN. 5.4% of U.S. households watch this. That's a huge number. That's a huge number. It's a 26% increase year over year. Now, the draft started last night at Radio City Music Hall in New York. It was also shown on the NFL Network as it was last year. It very easily topped the NBA playoffs. Now, the National Basketball Association had three playoff games last night. You know, Chicago Bulls over the Cleveland Cavaliers in an early game. Oklahoma City beat the Los Angeles Lakers. The Phoenix Suns, they beat the Portland Trail Blazers. And all three of them lost to the NBA draft. Stunning, right? Like, that's something you want to think about. The, not, not the NBA draft, but the NFL draft. The NFL has figured out that people only get 16 games a season. They're juicing. They're jonesing for more games. Well, I guess it's 20 games if your team wins the Super Bowl or something along those lines. You get the idea. 19 games. I'm not a, I'm not a football expert. I don't pretend to be one. But this is all about product. So sometimes when we talk about Apple and how great Apple's doing because the iPod and the iPhone and the iPad, iTunes, the iMac, I've had it <laughs> with the i everything. Sometimes, I mean, that makes sense to you. But I want you to see ESPN as back in the 1980s, people didn't think this network was going to make it because all they did was like monster truck rally pulls. And like the world's strongest man competitions, they didn't have a, they didn't have ESP, they didn't have baseball, they didn't have football, they didn't have the product yet. It was slow to come to them. Anyway, long story short, I want you to look at everything, whether it's Farmville and how boring and inane it is. But again, who's getting paid at Farmville? Well, Zynga, the company that owns it, at some point in time, publicly traded company, and you'll be able to own it. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls coming up. Coming up, I'm going to hit Amazon, American Express, and Capital One. It's earnings season. What's happened? I'm going to tell you. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating than talk. It's Aloha Friday. No work till Monday. Listening to the Rob Black Show on 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1-800-345-5639. 
It is earnings season, and I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up a little bit more often. I don't always want to talk about, you know, what's on my mind. Sometimes I want to talk about what's going on in the world of business and Wall Street. For instance, uh, Starbucks. You know, I see these stories, and I'll I'll just tell you what Wall Street thinks, because that's the way I think. Starbucks coffee shop chain. Yesterday, they reported traffic growth in the United States stores for the first time in 13 quarters. Today, there's an article in the Wall Street Journal about how people are going back to restaurants. So what's good for Starbucks is good for the Cheesecake Factory. It's good for McDonald's. It's good for Yum Brands, who owns Taco Bell and Pizza Hut. Uh, There's a trend there. And when you start seeing this trend that people are going back, first time in 13 quarters, it's not going to be a one-quarter blip. It tells you that 13 quarters in a row at Starbucks, it's been rough. So you have another quarter or two or three before you need to start worrying unless, okay, unless you think the recession double dips and the jobs just don't come back. We've started seeing some data in the jobs that it's going sideways. It's not getting worse. doesn't mean it's getting better. It just means it's not getting worse. So 13 quarters in a row of seeing sales slip you got, some, you got some upside. I'm showing you how to make money. Wall Street likes that upside. Netflix. Yesterday, they were up 15%, sitting at an all-time high. Love what they do for the future, but if you're going to be interested in them, you got to know that there's risk. When the stock's at an all-time high, it means everyone, everyone who owns the shares has made money. They're all winners, and Wall Street's made up of winners and losers. So you got to be incredibly careful eBay just reported just an awful quarter yesterday, and their shares fell. I, I think I said something yesterday that I think is starting to become a little bit more true, and I don't want to give myself the credit for it. I'm bored with eBay. I'm bored with a lot of the web. You know, some of the newness of it has, has definitely, definitely started to wear off. I'm going to do a story later today about how some government officials at the SEC watched porn for eight hours a day. That's a lot of porn. That's also sitting in front of your computer a lot. I, I don't get it. I, I, it's, is it me? Am I, am I too old? Am I no longer relevant? Do you want me to leave and, and turn the show over to someone a little bit more hip and a little bit more young? I'm bored with eBay. Now, with that said, if I need an action figure from my childhood, I'll go to eBay. I know where to go. I know where to go. If I need, if I need a new computer, I'm not going to eBay. You know, I want to sell my, sh- like, I got a monitor that I want to get rid of. I got a 21-inch old Sony. It's just taking up space now. It's an old monitor. It's like one of the monitors that was used for graphic design. Totally beautiful, but huge. In my good old days, I would have gone to eBay. Now I just post on Craigslist, and someone came and got it in under an hour. Gone. So I just, I don't have time for eBay anymore. I, am I making any sense? Is this thing working? I, I don't know. to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. Let's talk about some of the other earnings companies out there. Amazon.com. They beat by a penny. Now, again, when I buy stuff online, I would say 90% of the time now I buy it from Amazon.com. Not 100%, but pretty close. You know why? Because I don't have to punch in my credit card. Because I don't have to punch in my address. I know that they're not spamming me. It's not because the, well, sometimes it's because I don't pay taxes on it. It's not because it is, it is actually a great store and you actually can find great prices. 
But with that said, what they have in me is convenience. I don't want to punch in my credit card number anymore. I'm tired of it. I know you're saying, man, you're sounding old and Jewish. <laughs> you're starting to whine. Not only are you no longer tech friendly, but you're starting to whine about technology. I don't want to. I don't want to put in my credit card number. Oh, I probably just offended someone. That's okay. It's okay. I'm allowed to offend you. Uh, so Amazon.com reports a number last night. Ticker symbol AMZN. To me, they are no longer going to surprise Wall Street. So I care a little bit less about them. To me, they're a play on retail. They had weaker than expected gross margins. The company issued inline second quarter revenue. You know, come on. Give them a stunning hand of applause. They do $7 billion of revenue per quarter. What I'm most interested in with Amazon, though, is their ability to um, lease out some of their space, lease out some of their network to someone like me. I want to start doing online streaming of some video. And I was talking to a tech guy about it. He goes, you need to you need to get some space. You know, it's not free. You need to you need to lease some space. And he said, check out Amazon. I'm like, really? Okay, I'll check out Amazon. So that's what I'm interested in with them is. Amazon's trading down about seven points today. Again, you can't really cry for them because yesterday they hit an all-time high of $151 a share. Is that right? Is that an all-time high? Let me check that real quick. So sometimes we go back, we forget what happened in 2000, 2001, 2002. It is an all-time high, but it's interesting. Back in 2000, this was actually a, about $160 stock. So it went from 160 ooh boy, down about $8, $10, and $8 to $10 all the way up to 200 back up to 160 So... Holy mackerel. So yeah, it hit an all-time high yesterday. Hmm. Hmm. Nice to see. So, um, But today, it's taking a little pressure off. In the end, they don't make, you know, robotic women. They're, I know you're saying, robotic women? Who makes robotic women? I want one. I don't know who makes robotic women. But when I do, I'm invested in one. Because an off switch would be fantastic. I'll be here all week. Um... E- Amazon's trading at 37 times next year's earnings. And to me, again, they're a retailer. And let's compare them to Walmart. Walmart does retail. Amazon does retail. Now, again, Amazon's got a little bit of a tech angle that Walmart doesn't. But Walmart's traded at 12 times next year's earnings. So if you take next year's earnings and get them 12, time, 12 years in a row, you'll have a company that's ultimately, you'll get $238 billion in profit. So that's what Walmart's trading at. 12 times next year's earnings. I think Walmart's a much better buy right now than Amazon. Unless you think Amazon, and see, I, I don't know. I think the iPad's kicking the Kindle's butt as far as mindshare goes at this point in time. Anyway, I'm starting to digress already. Um, other big stories out there of Newt, of Newt American Express. Woo! American Express. Do you know my name? Um, they beat by nine cents a share. They reported $6.6 billion a share uh, of revenue. Okay, now hold on, hold on. That's not the story with American Express. American Express is a story where they're a credit company. Their loan losses totaled nine hundred forty-three million, but that was down from last year's one point eight billion. So the whole credit crisis is starting to kind of drift back to sea. We're starting to get to see it. We're starting to see it flow away. It's 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 going away. It's it's being pushed back. Now, what's important about this is American Express to me is an indicator of small businesses. As a small business owner, I love American Express, and it sounds like I, I, I'm a commercial for that, that damn NBC show. Um, small businesses thrive on American Express. 
you put all your flights on American Express. You get all your bills sent to you. It it's all comes, you know, all nice and pretty. We thrive on it. Now, taking a look at American Express, you could see back in 09, January of 09, the recession's hitting hard. It's hitting hard right then, this time last year. This was a company that was all the way down to $12, $13 a share. Now it's at $48 a share. And that $48 a share tells me, uh, it doesn't tell me like, yes, Rob, go out and buy a, a American Express. No, it doesn't tell me that. It tells me the economy's doing okay. And I can go out this week and I can spend a couple bucks at Home Depot. And it tells me that this weekend I can go out and get a nice meal. So American Express gives me confidence in the economy. I need a healthy economy to keep my business healthy. I think you get the idea. Capital One, the credit card company, they beat by a whopping 82 cents. This, this earnings season has been stunning. And they, too, had lower charge-offs. People are starting to pay their credit cards on time again. Things are getting a little bit better. Now, again, it's not glory, it's not glory days. It's, you know, I, I think glory days is back when you're in high school. and I mean, you're just full of spit, salt, and vinegar, and vigor, and you're just a stud. Those are your glory days. Capital One, we're not there. We're not at the, the, the nirvana. Generation Y is going to have a, a worse lifestyle than their parents, the baby boomers. It's interesting to note, Generation X, we still don't know. Probably not as good as our parents, the, uh, not the baby boomers, but the greatest generation ever, the people who are a little more on the gray hair side. Anyway, um, why do I bring that up? Why do I bring that up? I don't know. I don't know why I brought that up. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Microsoft also reported a good quarter. Not a great quarter. They're getting hit today because it wasn't blowout. But Intel and Microsoft told us something very interesting. So the PC refresh cycle, it's begun. So I'm going to go look at HP. I'm going to go look at Best Buy. I'm going to go look at IBM. I'm going to look at Western Digital. I'm going to look at everyone who plays in that PC refresh cycle tied towards corporate America because they say it's underway. Both of them said it this quarter. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show. Give me a call. 19 a.m. More stimulating talk. cars and women are expensive with rob's help you can afford them you're listening to the rob black show on 9 10 a.m more stimulating talk 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there it's 800-345-5639 some days calls come flowing in and some days calls just keep ebbing on into nowhere not sure why that is. 800-345-5639 get calls on the air. Now, there's two, two, two items of content that I have for you. One's an email, and one's a business story on new home sales, and they kind of tie into each other. I'm going to read the email first because it's shorter. And with that said, it's chock full of content, much more content than longer story, and yet they both tie in beautifully. I got mail! Yay! I got mail! Yay! Now, one of my friends is a real estate appraiser. That means when you go to buy a home, he comes to your home and, you know, says, okay, it's got windows, it's got land, it's got oh, a cracked driveway, and it's, it's worth what the bank is thinking it's worth kind of thing. You know what a real estate appraiser is. And he sends me juicy nuggets all the time. I think he is one of the more 
in tune people with the world of real estate in the state of California. Now, this email is a little bit on the offensive side. I'm warning you. Okay, so if you're sensitive, politically correct, turn away from the radio now. This is this is scintillating. This is well, okay, here it goes. Easily the best foreclosure flip market I have ever seen in 26 years. Rob, you need to get out of your home this weekend and bid on some auctions. You need to hire a big person to evict the tenants. You need to hire Lewis and Hector to fix the house. You need to hire a super hot realtor with fake boobs to resell the house. Make 100 k a month. Let me repeat that just a little bit for you. Easily the best foreclosure flip market. So basically, he's telling me, get off my butt, use some of my capital, go buy a house, pay someone to evict the tenants that are in the house. And basically, he implied a big person. Then pay basically some Mexicans or some illegal workers to fix the house, paint the house, do whatever. Then hire a super hot chick to sell the house. I don't think he's crazy. I don't think he's rude. I mean, I, I, that's kind of what you need to do to pull this off. And with that said, what I, I'm like, are you doing it? So I'm waiting for his email back. I think that's a very interesting email because, again, he appraises homes. So one month he's appraising a home for 250000 and the next month, he's telling me he's appraising it for three hundred fifty, same exact house, but it was a foreclosed house. Okay, so the next big story comes this morning. This is a piece of economic news, and I, I typically call this eco speak. And I know no one really likes eco speak, economy speak. You know, no one economists aren't sexy. You don't want to see an economist in the thong, right? Like, there's no economist calendars. Like, oh, let's wait till we get till July. Like, there's there's none of that. But in the world of EcoSpeak, it is sexy to me. Because, for instance, day, sales of new homes in the U.S. climb the most since 1963. That's a pretty stunning number. Sales of new homes climb the most since 1963. Now, purchases of new homes in the United States surged in March. The most in five decades. Five decades. Think about that for a second. Keep in mind, you've got one investment lifespan. And your investment lifespan, I think, is really 20 to 60. That's where you have the ability to earn money and save money. From age 60 to 100, you're kind of living off that. So demand may remain elevated through this month. These numbers are only for March, as Americans take advantage of the tax credit worth as much as $8,000 before it ends next week. And the outlook for the rest of the year hinges on sustained job gains as home builders struggle against a wave of foreclosures that's depressing home prices and adding into inventory. Now, the quote that came out of chief global economist at MF Global he said, we'll probably see another jump in April, then we'll see some payback in May and June. Now, he thinks the trend in home sales is probably more up than down. That's pretty interesting stuff. Home sales in the United States increased in all four regions. 44% jump in the South. The median price of a home. In the United States, what do you think the median price of a home is? Take a quick guess. It's $214,000. Is that insulting? We in the Bay Area, we're 600, 700, 800, 900, 1 million. So the jump in sales brought the number of new homes on the market to 228,000. That's the fewest since March 1971. Now the supply of homes, it stands at about 6.7 months. Now, in, in February and January, it was 8.6 months of inventory. Now, one thing that you'll hear me say regularly on this show is Wall Street's about supply and demand. Wall Street's about winners and losers. Now, back to the supply and demand here. 
Nine months of inventory, those home builders, these are new homes we're talking about, okay? Brand spanking new homes. We don't have a lot of that in the Bay Area. So these are brand spanking new homes, okay? If they weren't to build another one, it would take 6.7 months to wipe out all of that inventory at the current sales pace. Now, again, we don't expect the current sales pace to stay. We've already heard an economist say that, you know, May and June, we're going to have hell to pay in large part because we're pushing forward these, the, this demand because of the tax credit. So I don't think that 6.7 month supply number is right. I think it's probably more like seven to eight months. Now, it's a hell of a lot better than nine, eight to nine months. Eight to nine months, if you're a home builder and you build a home and you got to wait nine months to sell that home, you can do some serious discounting. And serious discount means less profit. So buyer's market is seven, eight, nine months. Owner's market or seller's market, the people who are selling the goods, four, five, six months. We're starting to move closer to a seller's market. Three months is unrealistic. So we're going to be somewhere between four and nine most of the times in our lifetime. Just to let you know. Again, nugget. Nom, 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 nom. Thank you for that financial nugget, Mr. Black. You're welcome. So there's an economist out there, a guy named Lawrence Wan. He says that the government's home buyer tax credit has done its job, bringing more buyers in the market and stabilizing prices. So good. Now, sales of previously owned homes, that's about 90% of all homes in America. Um, demand may remain elevated through June. Purchases of new houses reflects contract signings, and there's a little bit of a timing difference there. When you build a new home, you have to go out and get a building permit. You have to you know, run things by the city. You have to hire the construction people. You've got to get the construction work put in place. So foreclosures are an overhang right now that still needs to be absorbed. But like my friend said, he said, Rob, best foreclosure market I've ever seen. Get off your butt. Hire, go, go buy one at an auction. Hire someone to evict the tenants. Hire someone to fix up the house. Hire a hot realtor. Make 100000 And again, foreclosures, back to the news story, they're an overhang that needs to be absorbed. And until it's absorbed, it's going to be depressing on starts and new home sales. I don't know. I think those two stories do tie into each other. I hope you got something out of that because I think it's going to get a little bit tougher in real estate. I think it's, it's golden right now. It's good right now. There's no doubt about it. But I think we do dip one more time as this government aid abates. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. This is the last time I'm calling out for calls, and then I'm done. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's the Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Money buy happiness. Well, do big houses, nice cars, and hot women make you happy? Then, yes, money definitely buys happiness. The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. I think everyone knows this song for variety of reasons. It was in the movie Cruel Intentions. A little soft core porn. Not quite, but kinda. Had some nudity and sex in it for teenagers. But we also know this from the Nike commercial. Bittersweet Symphony. 
Life is a bittersweet symphony, right? This song's performed by the English alt band, The Verve. The Verve. But the music in it, underneath it, is written by Keith Richards and Mike McJagger of the Rolling Stones. So The Verve basically lifted a sample... And they will never sing it live in concert again because every time they do, they have to pay money to the Rolling Stones and they're angry as hell about it. Great song. If I can only have maybe 10 songs, this is probably one of them. If you have a Desert Island song list, I think this is probably one of them. Let's talk a little bit about Pepsi because every time I think of that commercial, every time I think of that song, I think of the Pepsi commercial. It's the first thing that goes in my head. I love Pepsi as an investment. Oddly, I don't drink any Pepsi product. On occasion, on a road trip, I'm going to Tahoe next weekend, I'll pick a bag of Doritos. I'll pick a bag of Doritos and, you know, have it around the house to munch on. PepsiCo, ticker symbol PEP, I think is a great long-term investment. It's not always going to work for you. It's not always going to be a home run. In years, there's going to be times where you go, why do I own Pepsi when I could own Apple? Why, God, did you do this to me? Because they're never going to make a mistake. They're never going to hurt you. That's part of winning on Wall Street is not getting hurt. You don't have to be right. Like, for instance, I don't have to be right. I'm going to be in Tahoe next week. Ha <laughs> ha. You're not. I, I want to live a good life. I want to enjoy. I don't want to be right on every stock that I own. I want to make sure I'm not wrong. Back in the 1990s, this was a buck. 95 was five bucks. Then it goes up to, you know... 18 bucks five years later. Then five years later, it's at 20 bucks. And five years later, it's at um, 40, 45. And then five years later, it's at 60. Five years later, it's at 65. Every five years, it moves higher. And it yields out a 2.7% dividend along the way. I love Pepsi. So they make Pepsi, they make Mountain Dew, they make Mug. Mug? I don't like root beer. I don't understand who likes root beer. I don't get it. They also do Aquafina water. They do Fritos and Doritos and Ruffles. They do Lay's. They do Quaker foods like Quaker oats and Life cereal. Let Mikey eat it. They do rice, aroni, that San Francisco treat. How does that offend uh, San Francisco people? Eh? They also do near east side dishes. So they're a huge company. Now, they're doing something very new, which I very much so like. They're changing Gatorade. Gatorade's one of those sports drinks. It's kind of a faux sports drink. It's really not all that, you know, sporty and healthy for you. But it was so well marketed to us that we thought it was. They're launching a new ad campaign, and they're going to do it this Friday, today, during the NBA playoffs. So it's a, a new series of G drinks. So they're basically they're not going to phase out the word Gatorade. They're just changing. They're focusing in on the G of Gatorade, and it's not a sports drink. It's not just a sports drink that replaces your nutrients that you sweat off during the game, but they're going to now have a three-system G drink. The first system is going to be a carbohydrate-loaded prime drink. That's the traditional sports drink. Then there's going to be the sports drink that recovers your nutrients that you just lost, and then there's going to be a protein-rich recovery. So some carbs to get you energy, some basically fluid to keep you hydrated, and then some protein to turn whatever your workout was into muscle. So it's a category. It's the birthright. It's the, it's the new, it's time to change this. Now, Pepsi has always struggled to find its footing with Gatorade, which has been a, in a sales slump now for three years. 
Company executives have been paying the price for expanding too rapidly about five years ago, and the drink enjoyed a sports a sales bump, you know, tied towards a, a lot of hot stringers back to back to back to back to just summer after summer after summer. It was just a string of, of heat waves. Global warming. So the first stage of Gatorade's return to its athletic roots, it came last year with that makeover where they called the, the drink G now. The G campaign had achieved its aim of reconnecting with teenagers. Now, Gatorade was invented in 1965 by Florida researchers, and it's, it was a basic thirst quencher. It was tied towards hydration. So the Gatorade message, it has to get broader. For instance, I've got a friend who is a little workout freak, and he drinks muscle milk every day. And ultimately, I, I, I'm assuming muscle milk is kind of like a protein drink. Um, it sounds gross to me, muscle milk. It just doesn't sound right, does it? So Gatorade wants to go after that 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 market because they're missing out. Gatorade and Pepsi have missed out because they are that basic thirst quencher. And yet they're a sports drink, so they're trying to evolve. So uh, will they be able to pull it off? Gatorade spokesperson like Michael Jordan. You know, it's going to take a revolution. It's going to, you know, a Beatles song. You know, it's going to take a revolution. So their, their, their campaign's going to be before, during, and after. And I think it's a great idea. And three products, Prime, Perform, and Recover, if you buy all three, seven bucks, I could already see guys going to play tennis, drinking the carb drink first, then drinking the uh, sports quencher during, and then drinking the protein drink after. I could already see kids doing that. I could already see, uh, you know, 30-somethings and 40-somethings thinking, you know, this will give me a little bit of an edge. Now, it's going to be sold at grocery stores, but it's also going to be sold at sporting goods stores as well. So um, I like Pepsi. For every five-year period since 1980, of which there's been six five-year periods, the stock's gone higher. So in my investment world, let's, I'm not that old, but let's say I was that old. It's gone up in every five-year period of basically six out of my eight five-year periods. Remember, you only get 40 years to accumulate wealth, and then you're going to have to manage it for 20 to 40 years depending on your health. So that's why I like Gatorade, and that's why I did that story for you because I think there's a great lesson there. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Got an email from someone that said, my husband, who's it from? That's from Liz. She goes, my husband racked up more than $17,000 in credit card debt and negotiated a $4,000 settlement last year. Then we received a 1099 C form for $13,000 of forgiven debt, which we have to claim as income. That puts our modified adjusted gross income over the threshold of being able to claim tuition and college expenses, deductions for our three kids and myself. We now owe more than 11000 in taxes, and we don't have the cash to pay. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> you're, you're screwed. Basically, your husband didn't realize that he got rid of $13,000 credit card debt but he got hit with an eleven thousand dollars in tax bill due to getting rid of thirteen thousand. That bumped your income up thirteen thousand. So ultimately, you're going to pay taxes on that by about four thousand. Let's just assume you lose about a third to taxes, maybe a little bit more. But that also bumped you into losing your deductions elsewhere. It sucks. But you know, you may think owing oh, an eleven thousand dollar tax bill, you know, because you saved thirteen thousand on a credit card bill is bad enough. But the ironies just keep coming in on you. The best way to pay this bill may very well be by credit card if you still have one with sufficient credit limits because the IRS puts it 
The interest rate and any applicable fees charged by a bank or credit card are usually lower than the combination of interest and penalties imposed by the IRS. Don't mess with the IRS. The IRS penalty for non-payment is half of 1% a month, and the interest rate is 4% a month. And if you consider that even a 20% credit card interest rate, you know, that looks like a bargain compared to the IRS. So be careful negotiating your debt. Know that it's tricky. Yes, you can you know get write-offs, but you got to look at your income limits as well. And again, housing debt is different than credit card debt as far as how it's going to hit you in the near-term future. Another email comes in that says, should a retiree dip into a 401k? Should I take $50,000 from a 401k to pay off a debt? The rationale was how much the money would grow if it were left alone versus how much you can save in interest. And that makes sense for a lot of people. But here's the kicker. Here's the answer. Should you take out $50,000 to pay off a debt? First and foremost, you got to figure out what your debt problem is. How did you get into this debt problem? Is it a health care issue? Is it a home improvement area? Was it a vacation issue? Because even if you pay off that debt with, say, a lottery winnings, you're just as likely to get back into it unless you, you change your, your, your behavior. Now, you're not going to face tax penalties for early withdrawal, and you're probably giving up less in future gains than someone who's younger. $50,000 at age 60 is not going to double every 7.2 years because you're going to be a lot more conservative with it than you were when you're 20, 30, 40, or 50. So I think you should meet with a financial planner before doing anything like this. I don't know if you have enough money in your nest egg to last until the day you die. But it is interesting to note. It is interesting to note, in my opinion, as far as should you do it and or not. And finally, one more email comes in and says, we charge essentially all of our purchases. We charge several thousand dollars a month on two credit cards. We are in the habit of paying off the balances about two days before the statement closing date. When we receive our next statements, the remaining balances are incredibly low, and those low balances are reported each month to the credit bureaus. Our FICO scores are above 800. Does the way we're paying our cards actually help our scores? And it actually does. So the FICO credit scoring formula, it's sensitive to the gap between your available credit and the credit you're actively using as represented by the balances your issuers report to the credit bureaus. The bigger the gap, the better. And paying off your balance a few days before the statement closing date each month is a good way to reduce the reported balances. Just make sure that, you know... You get that remaining balance paid off because you don't want to start accruing interest on uh, your purchases just because you're trying to keep a high credit score. So I'd be kind of careful on that. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's R-O-B at robblack.com. You can jump onto the Facebook page. The Facebook page is a group. Not me. It's my group. It's called I Hate Rob Black. I'm a member of I Hate Rob Black. So I can check out my own group by logging into Facebook and hitting the I Hate Rob Black Facebook page. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I want to thank a new sponsor. It's not every day that we get a new sponsor on the show. It's etaxrelief.com. It's etaxrelief.com. They do resolution for people with big tax issues. Tax deadline has come and gone. Now it's time to take care of the taxes that you owe from this year or previous years. You're going to hear billboards during this show. They're a sponsor. They're helping me stay on the air with Clear Channel. So it's etaxrelief.com. You can't get any easier than that. etaxrelief.com. There's a phone number, 877-ETAX-FIX, 877-ETAX-FIX. 
emergency tax relief for offers and compromised delinquent returns, tax audits. And this is the not, I'm not Steve Moskovitz, tax company of the Bay Area. I don't know if you've noticed, but Steve Moskovitz, he pays every station to get his face and his name out there about tax tax fixing. What's funny about him is a year ago he had, had gray hair. Now this year he's got brown hair. I think if you're going to do that, you need to be a little bit more subtle about it. Don't go completely gray to completely brown. It's like um, if you're ever going to get work done on your body, don't suddenly go from, you know, 65 years old trying to look like you're 45 years old. Go from 65 to 60. You know, go for that. Don't go for, you know, crazy. Don't go from an A cup to a double D. If you're going to go from bigger, go to A to B. You know, too big's gross. Too big's sweaty. Too big's hurts your back. Do everything in moderation. I do everything in moderation, even moderation. My moderation is very moderate. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk coming up next. Headline news. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 